Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 Hoops cast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson. We're here to talk about Nebraska basketball. Uh, Brian, look, they, uh, what was it, 40, was it 43 to 9 or something was uh, the halftime score the other day? Uh, Nebraska, what, what I thought that they could do to North Dakota right before Christmas, they did to South Carolina State right after Christmas. Sort of a dominating performance in which the bench got to play a lot, uh, which is nice because Nebraska has Big Ten play unfolding here starting on Wednesday. Yeah, it was 50 to 11 at halftime. And it was a a 49-point game with about seven minutes to go. Um, So, yeah, pretty dominating performance. Uh, Are we concerned at all about the bench not being able to handle the press? Because that uh, that was an issue the last six minutes or so. Let that thing get down to 29. Uh, I would assume other players would be in in the more critical press situations going forward would be sort of where I would start with that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't too worried about that part, but, uh, that's why they, they, that was one of those where a 29 point win, it actually was, uh, that didn't, was not indicative of how the game actually was. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it seemed like a pretty complete performance by Nebraska, uh, heading to big 10 play the kind of game you, you need there where you come out of Christmas guys, everybody gets back. Um, and you just go handle business right away uh, without any commotion, and you're able to rest guys down the stretch because, uh, as we'll get to, uh, here goes. I mean, Nebraska, in many ways, yes, we wish they had the Minnesota game back. We'll probably talk about slip that in a sentence in, like, every conversation the rest of the year. I know. I'm planning on it. Yeah, I am too. So let's make sure we do that. Let's make that one of our resolution goals uh, for 24, just beat that horse into the ground, to, right? To really bring that back up and make yeah. people feel kind of bad about it. But, uh, I mean, 11 and two, uh, 10 and one in non-con they've only done, this is only the fifth time since world war two stat from Seamus McKnight, um, that Nebraska has, uh, lost one game, only one game in non-con. So, I mean, it, it's impressive. I know the schedule wasn't as hard in some spots as maybe it was last year or whatever, but the bottom line is, 
uh, they've set themselves up with an opportunity going into January where people are kind of leaning in and like, all right, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Before we dive into the Big Ten stuff, putting a bow on on non-conference, just going to throw a few things at you, just give the, the immediate thought uh, that comes to mind. Who was your non-conference MVP for Nebraska this year? Or if you really want to do it, just the first two months of the season MVP for yeah. Nebraska this year. I think it's Jawan Gary. Yeah, that's um, who it is for me as well. Yeah, uh, Rink Mass could be up there too. For sure, especially going back what Rink did against K-State in a game that really helped tilt how we're thinking about things right now. For him to do it, knowing that he was going to have that minor procedure and uh, he was hurt and still had 19-11, that's pretty impressive. And you think about just how he changes the game and can get double-doubles more routinely than we've seen around here in a while. Um, that's pretty special. But I think, Jawan Gary, my answer would be him because – uh, we knew he was valuable to this team, both you and I, but I think you're of the same mind that he's proved that we probably underestimated it, like uh, how much he meant and how versatile he is, um, especially when he knocks in like two or three deep shots per game. And then he combines that with uh, his rebounding tenacity. Um, he's a guy who's just got to live large for this team in Big Ten play for them to uh, be where they want to be. But he'd be my answer. Yeah. Who uh, who do you think is sort of maybe if it's not Joan Gary, who do you think has to be the MVP for them to get through Big Ten play coming up? The probably quick answer people would go to is like Casey, but I'm going to actually go um, Bryce Williams. Okay. I just I just think he's. Um, one of those jack of all trades guys, um, you know, we, we've talked about how he can score at all the different levels, but um, when he has that performance where he scores 14 or 15 or whatever, um, it, it just shoots Nebraska up their chances. I mean, it, it's, it's such a big deal. And so I think if Bryce is really good in big 10 play and just is that steady veteran who's been there, done that as a college basketball player, um, you combine that with Rink and Jawan, and hopefully, yes, Casey has those like four or five, especially games where it's just ridiculous and we're all talking about it. But that's the formula right there. I mean, Casey's got to have a few of those. Bryce has to just be that steady veteran. Rink's got to get healthy fast and hopefully uh, hit the ground on a sprint with the, that new knee work. And, um, you know, Jawan's just got to keep doing what he's been doing. And then, of course, the bit players. But Bryce Williams is a guy that, that, definitely pops in my mind when I think about the second half and what needs to happen. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And I think for me, it's probably starts with rink mast. Uh, yeah. It just feels like if he can be effective inside both on both ends, if he can, if he can help in terms of the, the rebounding, if he can be effective in terms of being uh, not necessarily a shot blocker, but someone who at least alters your path to the lane. Uh, if he can handle the bigs in the big 10, I think Nebraska has a great chance if they struggle and Minnesota had some bigs that they really struggled mm -hmm. with, that's where I think Nebraska is going to have a tough time winning games unless they start shooting lights out from the outside. So I think for me, the rink mast is kind of the centerpiece of all of this because you just aren't going to have another big that I think is going to be as helpful. And I don't even view Juwan Gary in the same, cause he's just more of a, 
it's just a different position to me altogether. And I just don't know. I don't know that Josiah Alec is going to give you enough inside. I don't think Blaze Cata is going to be healthy enough to help you. But they don't have like a great rim protector at times. And if teams are able to just dump it in and, and get points inside, I think it's going to – I think it was important for Rink to get that surgery, and I think it's going to be important for him to play well almost immediately with how Nebraska's schedule starts. And so uh, that's just such a critical piece, I think, of all of it. Yeah, and the the interesting – the fun part about this is, yeah, it sounds cliche when you're like, it's it's a team game. Everybody's got to do their part, but that's what it's going to take for this Husker team. I mean, you mentioned like Josiah Alec and um, whatever strengths or limitations he has in his game, a player like him, he's just got to maximize, you yep. know, what he's good at. CJ Wilcher is an example. Like he's got to maximize where he comes in and he has those games where he, he knocks in two or three, three pointers, you know, and, and maybe has that one nice, bucket bucket around the hoop uh when you need it like uh everybody if they can just uh kind of accept their role and and get the most out of it um that's going to be the difference in a lot of these games that are are, are going to be nail biters i mean i i'm expecting starting t- wednesday night nebraska is going to be in a ton of these games where it's it's a three or four point game and it's going to matter if josiah alec played uh 17 good minutes or he played you know, if he only played four good minutes, you, you, that stuff is the difference. So everybody's got to have their their say in it. Yeah. And then I, I'm excited. I welcome for some of those close games because I want to see who becomes the guy for Nebraska down the stretch. And I think, you know, it could be Casey. It could be Bryce Williams. I mean, that's the thing. When you have a roster that's sort of deep like this, you have different options. You have different guys that can score in different ways. It, would, it will be fun when it gets to crunch time to see how Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska chooses – to attack some of these teams when they need to get a basket, when they are trying to stay out just ahead, or when you're trying to close out. We saw a little bit of it with Michigan State, but I'm certainly looking forward to, to more of that as the schedule gets difficult. And it gets difficult in a hurry. Uh, before we go to break here, Brian, reset kind of what this week looks like. Nebraska's next two upcoming games before we have the next podcast are going to be Indiana on Wednesday at home, 8 p.m. tip. And then you've got Wisconsin on the road at the Kohl Center on Saturday. Not an easy two-game start there. And then it doesn't get any easier the week after, <coughs> excuse me, Purdue uh, coming to Lincoln. And then Nebraska heads to Iowa. So tough four-game start right there uh, for the Huskers as, as Big Ten play resumes um, for the rest of the season. I mean, they, you know, we, we talked about that record. The thing about going 10-1 and one in the non-con it sets you up to where you're one and one in conference play right now. If uh, they play what 20 conference games now, mm-hmm. if you just get to that 10 and 10 number, you're 20 and uh, you're 20 and 11 in terms of overall record. And that would be quite an accomplishment for Nebraska. And so I think if they could do that, they're squarely on the bubble. They're on the bubble. That's in a far better place where they've been uh, the last few years. All right. We're going to take quick time out here. We're going to come back. We will discuss Nebraska, Indiana, and then, of course, we've got a uh, guess a random Husker Hooper. I'm going to BC's wheelhouse. Okay. We're going to make this as easy as possible to start the new year. If he doesn't get it in just a couple hints, we're all going to be really, really disappointed. Oh, boy. So just, uh, just have that on your head, BC, as, as you know. We go into this break, you can think about it, but then you gotta, you really got to lock yourself up for this one. And I think he just – kicked himself out of our room 
So uh, we'll we'll go to a quick timeout here, and we will wait for the return of Brian Christopherson. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we have Brian Christopherson back again with us. I I don't know if he he dropped out to, if that was part of his mental preparation for this uh, this guess a random Husker Hooper or not later in the show, but uh, maybe that's what he has to do: get himself fired up, drop out of the room, come back in. Brian, welcome back to the Husker twenty four seven Hoops Cast. Yeah, it was one of those deals where I had to do some last second cramming. Like I walked into the lecture hall thinking I was ready for the final. Um, then I was like, no, 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 no. I gotta go. I gotta think about, uh, what was in chapter three, that guy who did something back in 1864, you know, whatever. So, um, I'm, I think I'm ready now to write my essay. Was there any specific reason why you picked 1864? No. Okay. I was curious if there was like some deep seated. No, I hope that wasn't like a damning year for America that I didn't realize. And I just said that uh... off the cuff. <laughs> like right around the start of the civil war I yeah think. Well, it was, well, it was. Not, yeah well, maybe not the greatest times for america well 18 uh i don't know anyway <laughs> all right that's it's, enough of that i get worried nowadays about you say something you're like oh man does that have some repercussion to it look the key is to just never <laughs> say anything an art that i will never master in my life but that's what people should do just don't talk you can't get in trouble that way all right uh Let's finish up here a little Nebraska, Indiana. What do we know about Indiana basketball in the year of 2024? Um, I only know so much until uh, we see them up close, but uh, I know they went toe-to-toe with Kansas, and that's that's probably what jumps out to me the most. They, they like Nebraska, flirted with fire uh, right before the Christmas break where they almost dropped one that would have crushed them, the Moorhead state, but they found their way out of it and they won by a point. We know that they're two and O in the big 10. Um, and so they're feeling good about that because most teams have, uh, one loss on their resume as we head into the new year. Uh, they were the only team ending the year that was actually two and O there were some one and O teams in the league, but, um, so Indiana, um, you know, I, I, I always think of them like, uh, Nebraska football actually, because they're that, they're that proud program Schaefer that, um, you know, 
had a had a really good run um and people kind of connect it with decades past but there's still like uh there's still so much passion and a lot of media reporters that will be in town for this game that cover indiana and um it's very much reminds me of husker football in that way where they're they're trying to sort of find the solution to get back to where it was um and then sometimes they hint that they're going to do it and other times it seems far away but i think they have a good team this year that um you know i think woodson does a good job with them i wasn't sure about that hire it seemed kind of strange to me at the time when he was brought in there but now it kind of makes sense he's got a steady hand um guys like to play for him it feels like and you know they're going to come in with those candy striped pants and there's going to be some energy in the gym when they go through warm-ups there just is when indiana's in the building everybody kind of knows like yep that's uh that's one of those blue blood basketball programs no matter what their record is on that given year i uh i wanted to learn a little bit more about indiana basketball and so i threw in the the quick search and came across a story from the daily hoosier and uh kind of fascinating brian they are the number 100 team in the NCAA net rankings right now, which is 12th in the conference. They're number 87 at Ken Palm. Uh, they, the, the analytic numbers early on, based on their schedule and everything else, do not view this as a, a monster team. And yet, it's still Indiana. They're still, I think, 10-3. and three, And this is going to be uh, an interesting game. And then the, the article goes further into kind of where their struggles are, and it refers to them as a mediocre offensive team that plays good defense. So I, it could be a could be scoring could be at a premium a little bit on on Wednesday night as we we tip off at eight p.m. You know, it may not be a a, a great uh, fast paced frenetic show on the court. It could be a little bit of slow down basketball if these two teams are clanging at the rim. Yeah, they do have five guys who average in double figures. Um, but I I get what they're saying. I don't think the metrics are great for them right now. That I mean, the one that matters in league that they're two and zero helps. They haven't played the best of the best. I don't think in the Big Ten to this point. Uh, so we'll, they'll get tested. Uh, but you got to look at it from their angle. They're viewing this as a huge opportunity coming out of the break too. You know, everybody's refreshed right now. Um, feeling like, all right, let's go. It's go time. The grind, we're not like full fledged into the grind yet where it just wears on you, you know, you know, you're seven or eight games in the, you're like in early February and you got to really have that mental toughness. This is a, a part where both teams should come out uh, feeling energized. Like it's a, it's a fresh slate and Indiana's thinking we can get to three and oh in the league this can be Nebraska can be a good win on their resume now, right. As it stands, like that's, you got to get used to that too, where people are looking at it as that sort of game. Um, so I, th- they've got some experienced guys too. Xavier Johnson's been around the block as point guard. Trey Galloway's played a lot of basketball. So, I mean, they're, they're a team where uh, I don't think they're going to be easily frazzled if Nebraska goes on a seven Oh eight Oh run. So you gotta, you gotta be ready for their punch back. Yeah. I think uh, the the big takeaway I have just reading through this, I mean, they're these aren't all that dissimilar teams. I mean, they face a lot of three-point shooting. They aren't a great three-point shooting team themselves. They want to go inside. They want to score inside. And so I think the health of Rink Mast and his availability, Nebraska's ability to stay out of foul trouble inside as well, 
uh, is going to be critical for, for this game on Wednesday night. And so we don't know, we don't have the full status on rink mast at this point, right? Like we, do we know has he been declared full go? Where, where are we at here at what? Nearly 10 a.m. on January 2nd. Yeah, you, it's 10 a.m. as we're doing this. Uh, Fred Hoiberg is doing a press conference uh, before the game at like about 1.30 um, on Tuesday. So uh, people should. You mean on Wednesday? No, today. Oh, okay. Is... All right. Sorry. I was confused. I thought, no. never mind. No, he's he's doing it to d- today. I just said Tuesday, so people if they're watching this Wednesday, but it'll be on the. You definitely site. threw me on that one. Yeah, sure. I did. Well, as of like two o'clock on Wednesday, Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday, there will be something on the site about whatever Fred, go. whatever Fred said about Rink and how available or whether they want to give it away either. Let's see. You know, maybe you play a little game there, and you don't want to say exactly what it, he can do yet. I don't know if that matters or not, but who knows. Yeah, well, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to know. Anything else you want to get in on this Nebraska Indiana game? You have any thoughts on Wisconsin waiting for Nebraska at the end of the week? Um, not a ton. Like inside their team, like breaking them down. I just think, like as you look at the schedule as a whole, this is tough. I mean, it's a this is where uh, I think they did the surgery on Rink when you had to do it um, to give him his best chance and you your best chance. You got him through those two games that you knew you probably could win without him. But now, you know, how quickly can he get to full speed? Because you got Indiana, Wisconsin three days after that, Purdue three days after that, Iowa three days after that. This is all, that's all January 3rd to January 12th. That's, that's what's on the schedule. And, um, I don't know what number you think Nebraska needs to hit there. Um, that w- I think we're in another uh, can they go two and two situation, Schaefer. Remember we yeah. did that before. Um, two and Christmas. two would be huge, I think. Yeah, if you could somehow do that and get ranked to full speed along the way, that would be a real impressive accomplishment. And I'd and then you'd be like, let's go, you know, like they they've got ranked back and um, all that. So. Tomorrow, I think, is big in that because you laid it out with Indiana. They do have questions. Like, it's not like they're just uh, – I, I know the name on their jersey. It, sometimes you can talk yourself into who they are. Uh, but I think Nebraska needs to actually think the other way and be like, yeah, look at look at the film, and they're going to see weaknesses and stuff they can expose. And Nebraska feels confident with some of their veteran guys, what they can do. you got to go into that game thinking uh, you're the favorite and have that mentality – in your home court. And uh, perhaps, perhaps Wednesday is the night that really establishes like, okay, PBA is going to be a problem for people this year. That's what you're hoping to do. Creighton obviously showed that it wasn't that one night. Got to get past that and showing big 10 play uh, that this is just going to be a very, very difficult place to win at. And Nebraska is not going to give, give away much. Yeah. It should be loud and it should be fun on uh, Wednesday night with that crowd. And so I'm expecting, uh, some, you know, people have plenty of time to, to pregame beforehand and expecting a loud crowd. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good game. And it's going to be one where you need Jamarcus Lawrence and Casey Tominaga and your, your key ball handlers have to play well. Indiana's guards are going to try to pick their pocket. And we saw at Minnesota, uh, that was Nebraska's undoing there. So their guards are going to have to play well all season long, of course, but certainly on Wednesday to handle that with the Hoosiers. All right, Brian, are you ready? Are you ready for the uh, this this great game, the Guesser Random Husker Hooper? 
Yeah, it usually ends up with me like, ah, for about a minute. And then uh, then we kind of have some fun banter after you, like, give me the answer. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to I'm gonna set this up a little bit differently. I have several clues that I could give you, but I'm going to let you pick which clue that you want first. Do you want, like, biographical information about where this person is <laughs> from? Do you want the approximate years that they were on nebraska's roster or do you want an anecdote about their time here or more of a statistical accomplishment of their time here i'll give you you, have i'll give you any of those three to start with if you have a snapshot of their time here like a a moment um that would be fun entire career was spent with danny knee and i will say this this individual was on a championship winning team. Okay. So Is he that... was on he was yeah, well, he was on the uh the big eight tournament championship team then. Not necessarily. Oh, he could have been on the could have been on the there NIT. Is... Yeah, he could season championship winning team. All right. Um okay, off of that clue could be a variety of guys but my first guess first name that pops into my head is Gerard Boone close but not correct okay do you want the uh do you want to know where this person is from or I give you yeah. this statistical achievement you'll get it immediately oh I don't know if I will um right now I'm trying to I'm thinking about that roster and I'm coming up with like three names so it could be challenging but um okay against St. Joseph's yeah. This person had 11 points and was four of nine shooting, three of five, three throws, and uh, was a game high 13 rebounds. Was, was Bernard Garner on that team? I could not say specifically. He is not the person that is in question here, however. All right. Um, Where's he from? He is from Blacksburg, South Carolina. Hmm. All right. Here's another one. Before I give you the statistical achievement, he has played on nine NBA teams in his career. Well, it should be easy then. Um, Here's the it, last one for you. And this is the last you're talking, clue you're you're talking, I mean, are you? It took away. I think it's Strickland of the NBA on those teams, but um, he's obviously not from South Carolina. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, just you know, you know, on uh, Seinfeld uh, when uh, when Kramer's doing the thing where uh, he's he becomes the movie telephone guy. Yeah. And he says, why don't you just tell me the name of the movie? <laughs> you know? Oh, that's so good. That's All what right. you should do right now. You should just tell me the name of the movie. At one time, he was a program leader in block shots. I See, I didn't think Mikey Moore. Mikey Moore. It's Mikey Moore. Okay. I, I was confused. Mikey Moore was like my third. Th- this is what I always do. I was like, yeah, yeah, I would have blah, blah, blah. But Mikey Moore was like the third name in my head, but I didn't think he was from there. 
And I also didn't think he was on that NIT championship team. Yeah, for some he reason. had uh, 11 points, 13 rebounds, and one block. When you said nine NBA teams, though, it basically had to be him. Uh, there's Strickland. not many. Yeah, that was kind of the... <laughs> so that, that was it. Um, but I was like, still, my brain was like, I don't think he was from there. I should have just said his name. But yeah, um, that was an interesting team. <laughs> the 96 NIT team? Yeah, they should have uh props to them for pulling it together late uh as i remember it there was some drama mid-season uh with that team um but they got it together they came back together they went on a bad losing skit in the middle i think um and there was some friction i'm putting it nicely it was quite a story at the time and then they uh they got it they kind of got on the same page and they uh they had a nice little run in the postseason, but that probably had that was a talented team, one of the more talented teams he had actually, and probably uh, should have been in the big dance. So, here is one of the here's something I left out, but I really wish that I hadn't. Mikey was known to be an excellent hacky sack player and would routinely join hack circles outside Harper Shram Smith residence halls. I don't know. Is hack hacky sack still as popular? Like back then, you could always. When I was in high school, you could walk outside and Harper Shram Smith. I w- was a resident there as well. Definitely had some some guys who liked to to hack it up. And uh, I don't know if if kids still do that. I but, don't think. Uh, I don't. I would sort of doubt that they still do now. I mean, it was it was kind of. It felt like it was phasing out when I was in college too. There was definitely some people that you would walk by and they would like try to attempt to get you involved. But you know, I, there wasn't, there wasn't much of it. I didn't know Mikey Morris from South Carolina, um, but he was a really good player. And obviously his, his NBA career speaks to, uh, you know, his ability to, to hang around a great shop blocker. You're right. Back when he was in college. Um, I don't know why I thought of Garner. Was he on that team? I don't, think so i feel like he was before that like earlier in the 90s he was gonna... on 96 97 yeah yeah well they won in the 96 nit so would that be 95 96 would be the season then yeah it was so he must have been the next year garner became a really good like he was just one of those stout big men who could like back you know like old man back people down um to get get his little layup and all that. It, it was a uh, kind of fun to watch. I remember him. Um, and Jerron Boone, I always think of in that era first is why I said his name. Cause he, he was just an in- interesting player to me when he was on, he was pretty silky smooth. And we always go on a rundown memory lane when we do this, that goes off the path. But Jerron Boone one time, it was at Oklahoma. He hit a shot. It was like an overtime or at the end of regulation where he made the shot at the buzzer, but he, he shot it over the backboard. Like he was falling out of bounds and it went over the side, the corner of the backboard. And so Nebraska thought they'd won the game on an incredible shot. Like one of the most amazing shots you ever saw. It was, this was like a studio 66 Phillips 66 game on a Saturday afternoon. (laughs) Dave Armstrong's like, wow, you know, like that sort of thing. And uh, then they're like, no, the refs are like, no, no, no. And they, I remember Danny was going berserk 
and uh that nebraska ended up losing it like if in i think it was two or three overtimes but that shot in particular is why i think of jaron boone and then I, when i think of that era i always think of jaron boone first so he's always my first guest well look at that if we do the the random husker hooper and it's jaron boone i'm just gonna go like this you're <laughs> gonna would, have to guess yeah i would know it you would know it all right uh anything you want to get to anything we haven't mentioned so far here brian I don't think so. Um, I mean, it'd be sweet if we're talking about a team that uh, won at least one of these two games a week from now, because that that'll keep them right on the path. So somehow, some way they got to get that done. And if they do, um, it'll be a similar podcast of like upbeat hope next week. So uh, let's see if they can do that. We'll obviously know how much rink was able to go to and what that looks like. So it's, it's a big few days ahead. Yeah, it'll be really, really interesting stuff, as always. And you can catch all the coverage at Husker247.com. Brian Christofferson will be locked in, ready to go on Wednesday for this home game, Nebraska-Indiana. And we'll be locked in, ready to go next Tuesday for another Husker 24-7 Hoops cast. For Brian Christofferson, I'm Mike Schaefer. We're Husker 24-7. We'll catch you next time.